Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you each day here in the program and open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, study a little bit more, learn some more, and thereby grow in our faith. And for sure, help our faith to stay strong. You know, if you want God's Word in you, you have to get into God's Word. And that's fundamental to having strong faith, active faith, because the scriptures keep telling us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, or boiled down, more succinctly put, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So if you want strong faith, you really need to be in God's word. And to a great extent, that's what Search the Scriptures is all about, to keep us in God's Word, studying His will communicated to us through the Scriptures, and the Scriptures are God's Word. 2 Timothy, 2 and verse, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we emphasize all the time that that means more literally that the scriptures, God's, the scriptures are God's very word. The more literal translation there from the Greek into the English is all scripture is God-breathed. And the image being that the scriptures are, we're to understand them as being God's very word, as though he is speaking them and they're flowing across his lips. Now again, God is spirit, so those images were, are simply accommodative to our understanding from our physical appearance. But it is the idea, the principle, that the scriptures are God's very word. So when we're studying the Bible, we're studying God's very word. And it is through that word that our faith develops and then grows and stays strong. So we're thankful to be able to be with you each day and study God's word together. It's great to hear from so many, and it's great to see so many from the Omaha area come and visit with us in person and check us out, so to speak. And many have continued to worship with us, study God's word with us, and grow spiritually with us. We're thankful for that. Our prayer is that as you study with us on a regular basis, that your faith is going to go strong, grow stronger and that you're going to come to God his way because you're going to become closer to God simply by the fact that your faith is growing stronger. And ultimately, we pray that you will come to God all the way through Jesus Christ, and he is the only way to God. Jesus said that in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so our prayer is that you will come to God through your Savior, repenting of your sins, Luke 13 and verse 3, confessing your faith in Christ openly as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, and chapter 22 and verse 16. And at that point, you will be in Christ, because we're taught in the scriptures that we are baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27. And you will be saved spiritually. Because Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16 verses 15 and 16. Well, that's what we're about today. 
as the Sunny Slope Church of Christ and as this pop this, this particular part of our outreach mission we're trying to spread the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ to everybody we can and it's not just on a local basis but through the medium of the internet these radio programs are posted on our website at churchofchrist.com and thereby they go all over the world literally we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can, to encourage people to go to our website at churchofchrist.com and scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help people get to heaven. When you click on our podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. And Whatever smart device you choose, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, smartphone, whatever it might be, all of our podcasts will go automatically to that smart device. Radio programs, search the scriptures, Monday through Friday. A great daily Bible study, about 13 minutes long each day, called Today's Bible Class, covering topics that are so pertinent to our everyday life, and especially the life of the faithful before God. And then also all of our sermons and a Sunday morning Bible class and a Wednesday night Bible class. All of that will go to your smart device on an automatic basis all the time and regularly and consistently for free. We encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and worship with us, study, grow spiritually with us in person. Bible class begins on Sunday morning at 9.30, and our worship follows at 10.30. Wednesday night Bible classes begin each Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. We do hope you can come and be with us in person. We're going to begin a series of study and consideration. We're going to be looking at perhaps the most fundamental question that ought to be on the mind of every human being in this world everywhere. And that is... Does God exist? Does it make sense to believe in God? Well, of course, if you have listened to this program much at all, you know our position on that. It is fundamental to our, if you want to think of it as to our meaning in life, if there is no God, what is our meaning? What meaning do we have? What purpose do we have? What is our sense of self-worth? You see, if there is no God, then we're just physical beings, aren't we? Like every other physical being we observe all around us. Now, that would include dogs and cats. That would include horses and cows. That would include mice. That would include insects. You see, if there is no God, then we are not spiritual beings. But the fact that God created us in his own image, Genesis 1 and verses 26 and 27, 
indicates that he created us unique from everything else. God is spirit, as we've said, and he created us with a soul. Nothing else that he created did he create with a soul. So we understand the very principles of goodness and evil, of righteousness and unrighteousness, of good and bad, because we have that inherent sense, that inherent identity that is spiritual in nature. A soul, a spiritual being within our physical being. So we're not like everything else that we observe all around us. We are absolutely unique in that regard, that we have been created in the image of God after his likeness. Now, does it make sense to believe in God? I want us to look through this series at through this series of study at a series of logical observations that are compelling to point to the reality that God is that God is. Now, often when people are trying to prove that God exists or support belief in the existence of God, they simply turn to detailed scientific analysis. Now, we're going to do that, but I'm going to hold that all the way to the end because that's mostly what people turn to and what they kind of rattle off when they're trying to prove the reality of the existence of God or the reasonableness of belief in God. Well, what I want us to do is look at a whole series of principles that are compelling to point to the natural understanding that God exists that he is the God and that it absolutely not only makes sense to believe in God, but it really is compelling that we believe in God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Hebrews writer said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who would come to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, we've talked about the whole concept of faith many times through our studies on Search the Scriptures. Some people, those particularly who do not believe in God, will say that faith is a blind leap in the dark. You can't prove it. You can't prove God's existence. Oh, I believe we can. And this series of study is designed to demonstrate that. And so they would simply write off Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Well, they'd write off the entire Bible because they'd say, that was just made up by, by men all along the way. Well, that's another study for another time. But just what the Hebrews writer says there, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, they'd say, I don't believe in God, so I'm certainly not going to believe this as being his word. But what is faith? The first verse of Hebrews chapter 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we're talking about substance and evidence, we're talking about, we're talking about objective reasoning objective evidence 
Now, a lot of people, they reason from a sub subjective perspective, and that's talking about feelings. What feels right to me? What seems right to me? That's subjective reasoning. Faith is based on objective reasoning. It's based on substance, and it's based on evidence. I've said many times, talk to any inmate in any jail, he can give you a discourse on evidence. I understand exactly what that means. Objective reasoning, objective evidence. Well, in John chapter 8 and verse 24, we also read a statement from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, I said, therefore, that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And so here we have from two different writers. Now again, all of the scriptures are authored by God because, again, faith comes by hearing the word of God and Romans 10, 17, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God, or is God-breathed, it is his very word. God is the author, but he used human, human individuals to be the penmen, to write down the scriptures as they were guided by the Holy Spirit to write God's very word. So when we read those two statements penned by two different inspired writers, one emphasizing the necessity of belief in God, the other writing the necessity of believing in Jesus as the Savior, the Son of God, we're reading from two different penmen basically the same statement. Faith is absolutely essential if we're going to have any hope, if we're going to have any hope of eternal life after this physical life is over. One of the most compelling proofs of God's existence is the basic sense of morality within the conscience of mankind. Now, I want us to begin when we're looking at the existence of God, the proof, the evidence that is, I believe, compelling to bring us to the conclusion, yes, God exists. God is the creator and our creator. I want to begin with the reality of morality. The reality of morality. And I believe this is one of the most compelling proofs of God's existence. We as humankind, we have a basic sense of morality within our conscience. Nothing else has that. No animal life has a conscience. That conscience is something of a moral governor or guide, if you would. And that's unique within us. Dogs don't have it. Cats don't have it. Horses don't have it. Cows don't have it. No other animal, physical animal life has a conscience. Now, you can teach or train different animals to react to certain stimuli, but they're simply reacting to what you have taught them, and it comes from a physical perspective. You can teach a dog, for instance, if he is your pet, to not do his business on your carpet, 
because he gets swatted if he does. You can teach a horse to do certain tricks based upon some stimulus that you use to trigger that horse into recognizing this is now the point in which I need to do such and such. You can teach your pet dog to bark on command, but you're simply teaching them mechanics and you're not teaching them, you're, you're not instilling within them morality. They have no sense of morality. They can understand if I do such and such, I get punished. If I do such and such over here, I get rewarded. But that's not morality. Morality is that basic sense inherent only within mankind, within human beings, of right and wrong. We understand that concept. Basically, that's morality. It is purposefully designed within each one of us as a conscience, which serves as that internal governor or regulator, if you would, that guides us in principles of morality, of right and wrong. Again, no other life form has that moral compass within their physical and emotional makeup. We refer to it as a conscience. And that's a pretty good understanding. We understand what a conscience is. How often have you done something that you knew you should not have done? Or maybe after you did it, you, rec- you realize, oh no, I should not have done that. That was not a good thing. And it violated your conscience. You had a, an emotional reaction that bothered you. Maybe it really caused you some kind of emotional pain because it violated your conscience, your sense of morality. We probably all have experienced such a situation in our own personal lives. Now, when we talk about a conscience, when we talk about that sense of morality, evolution cannot explain it. Evolution cannot explain our inherent sense of morality. Now, some people might say, well, sure it is. You know, again, these would be atheists, perhaps, or maybe agnostics or skeptics, but really agnostics and skeptics are basically atheists. I have known and talked with and even studied with a number of atheists or maybe some who might have considered themselves skeptics. Essentially, they're all the same. But they might say, well, no, no, morality, that, that, that is a developmental kind of process that we finally come to a sense of there's right and wrong. Based on what? Now, you see, evolutionists are at a loss. Because how do you explain, how do you explain morality without God? There has to be a basic standard of morality to understand that there is such a thing as morality. Now, we could say a basic standard of right and wrong. Well, we have certain standards of right and wrong. Where do they come from without God? Do you understand that laws are basically fundamentally grounded on a sense of morality that comes from recognition of a moral lawgiver? Now, it cannot be us as, as human beings. It cannot be our government because it's made up of human beings. 
It cannot be our legal system because it is run by human beings. And you see, if we're talking simply on a personal human level, as an individual person, tell me about morality. What do you consider to be moral? What do you consider to be immoral? We're all over the place, literally all over the place. We think that something is moral or immoral at a given moment in time, but that next person we might talk to might say exactly the opposite. I don't think what you think is moral is moral. I think that's immoral. And what you think is immoral, I think is moral. You see, that's not double talk. That's the reality of the situation if we leave it up simply to our own personal decisions because we're talking then about subjective reasoning again. We're talking about feelings. How do I feel about what is right and what is wrong? What do I feel is right? What do I feel is wrong? Now that's simply subjective reasoning on an individual basis. And you line up a hundred different people and start asking them specific questions about specific situations. Do you think this is moral or immoral? You're going to get a whole host of different answers because everybody is speaking from their own personal feelings and here's the other situation that shows us that there that cannot be a standard it is not a standard simply depending upon human beings to decide what is moral and immoral because what we consider if we're simply talking about from a human perspective Subjective reasoning. What do I feel is moral? What do I feel is immoral? We change with the wind. We change with the wind on a regular basis. You line up those same hundred people and start asking them today, do you think such and such is moral? You can have a whole host of questions. Do you think such and such is moral or immoral? Well, they'll give you a whole host of different answers, depending on each one, their feelings. You come back to them five years later, ask them the same questions, the same 100 people, I'll virtually guarantee you a whole bunch of them will have changed their positions. You see, that's not a standard of morality. There are things that our society, our culture, considers to be moral today, that our society, our culture, not that many years ago, considered to be immoral. And there are things that our society, our culture, would say is, are, are immoral today that not very long ago they would have said that was moral. You see, we change with the wind. We're fickle. There has to be a basic standard. Evolution cannot explain the sense of morality Jeffrey Dahmer actually blamed his horrible cannibalistic crimes on his atheistic belief in evolution. And his line of reasoning, and this is the line of reasoning of a whole lot of evolutionists, by the way, a whole lot of atheists. If there is no God, then there is no morality. And if there is no morality, there is also no virtue anything goes. We're going to stop here. We'll come back and study a little deeper next time. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, guide us as to right and wrong. 
You are the moral lawgiver. Help us to recognize that and follow your ways taught to us in your word. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.